Chapter 15, Prison Ministry. If you remember back in chapter 13, we left the Apostle Paul just arriving in Rome uh, in chains, in prison. And so we pick up Paul's story at this point in this chapter. Four years earlier, Paul had written a letter uh, to the Roman church, or that we know of as Romans, and uh, in that letter, he had promised to meet the Rome to meet the Christians in Rome to visit there, but I don't think he anticipated he would be arriving in the way in which he did. Nevertheless, the Christians in Rome greeted Rome with great enthusiasm. They were happy to see him. The kind of uh, imprisonment that Paul was under at this time was called house arrest, and and he was physically chained to a guard, but otherwise he was relatively free to do as he pleased. And so he seems to have had an extensive ministry through letter writing and through visitation in Rome at this time. He's an old man by this point, 56 years old. Luke, the doctor, is attending him and uh, helping him in his imprisonment. And the younger man, Aristarchus, uh, is also attending him. He has many visitors from all over the region. Uh, we know that Tychicus from Ephesus visits him. Timothy from Lystra uh, visits him. Demas from Thessalonica. And John Mark from Jerusalem. All of these people are among the people we know visit him during this time. And he continues, as he always does, always has in every and any circumstance, to advance the gospel, to teach and to mentor, and to see the mission move forward. And so it's it's actually turns out to be a very productive time of ministry. It seems even Roman guards listening to him talk to as many visitors uh, uh, came to know Jesus Christ through that. Uh, while Paul was in Rome in this imprisonment, he has a visit from from the uh, Colossi church, the church in Colossi, and uh, it seems there's a number of problems have come up, and 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 so uh, one of them is is that believers are mistreating one another. Uh, some false teachers have joined the church. And now this is a new kind of false teaching which really plagues the church uh, during this period of time and a little bit after the New Testament time. The, the, the strict controversy between obeying the Old Testament law and uh, having the freedom to, to live culturally as Greeks while believing in Jesus Christ has kind of been solved. That's not at issue here, but the Old Testament comes into play. What has happened is several Christians, or, or there's a movement around, that is kind of um, combining some of the Old Testament things with some popular philosophies and, and uh, religious ideas from the Greek and Roman world around them. And uh, they're claiming, or they're teaching, that to know God's fullness, uh, I mean, you can be a Christian, as Paul and the others have said, without the old, following the Old Testament law. But to, in order to really know the fullness of God, there's certain things in the Old Testament that you have to obey. And this would relate to holy days and clean and unclean foods. And this will enhance your union with God. And then they're combining that with, with uh, claims that certain specific special teachers have visions and can communicate with angels and have a closer union than, to God than others. And so that's where this connection comes, because the angels are, they're claiming, are telling these special teachers, uh, you shouldn't handle or taste or touch certain kinds of things in order to be pure in your relationship with God. 
So Paul hears about this, and he's thinking about that. Um, this teaching is has spread to Laodicea, and Epaphras sails to Rome to get advice from Paul on how to handle this and how to combat this teaching or if there's any truth in it. And uh, on the way to Rome, he comes across a man named um, Onesimus. Now, Onesimus is the slave of a church leader in Colossia, in Colossae named, named Philemon. Uh, he's Philemon's slave, and he's escaped. He's stolen some money from Philemon. And this crime is, is uh, worthy of the death penalty in Roman law. And so, um, and so Epaphras picks up Onesimus and brings him with him to Paul. Onesimus becomes a Christian along the way, and uh, Paul gets to know him. And um, there's good news as well. The church in Colossae is growing. Uh, and so uh, and so Paul sits down to write some answers to these questions that, that are brought, Epaphras brings to him. And he writes in the year 61, the book of Colossians. He's writing from Rome, under Roman guard, to the, chief, to the four-year-old church in Colossae. And so uh, that gives you the context for Colossians. You could go ahead and read it right now. Uh, but at the same time, some, he does something else, and that is he writes the letter to Philemon. Uh, these two letters go together because the church in Colossae lit, meets in Philemon, Philemon's house. And uh, Paul writes a letter to Philemon, uh, and then Onesimus, the slave of Philemon, goes with Tychicus to deliver these two letters. And so this sets up a, a powerful statement about slavery without actually attacking the Roman cultural laws and things like that. Because now, as we learn about letter carriers, they have authority. Onesimus is a letter carrier together with Tychicus to go back to the Colossians church and teach the Colossian people what Paul means in this letter. Uh, and so that that's just, when you read Philemon and Colossians together, you can put that all together, and uh, it's just powerful. Around the same time, Paul uh, writes Ephesians. Now, Ephesians is unlike other letters in that it's not addressing a specific problem. It's not responding to a specific situation, but <clears throat> it's designed and it's written as a circuit letter. So similar to the same motivation that Paul used to, to write Romans, Paul is now writing Ephesians. And in this letter, he says that he's going to lay out God's eternal purposes and the riches that we have in Christ. He knows he's near the end. He's getting old. He doesn't know how long he's going to be around. He doesn't know how his trial is going to go. And so he wants to get this out in a, in a succinct uh, format that can be passed from church to church to kind of encapsulate the full teaching of what the church is and how the Holy Spirit works in the world through the church. And that's the letter to Ephesians, or that's the letter of Ephesians written to all of the churches to be passed from church to church as an authoritative teaching. The following year, or the spring, uh, the, the following spring in 62, uh, there's a bit of a crisis in Philippi. Uh, Paul writes a letter to them to address some of the things that are going on that he's heard about. Uh, there's contentions, there's grumblings, there's jealousy, there's persecution that the Christians need to deal with. And uh, he also includes a lot of personal remarks in this letter. And so in the spring of 60, 62, uh, Paul writes 
a letter from Rome to the 12-year-old church in Philippi. And so this really uh, highlights the, the period of time when Paul was in prison here and um, the kind of ministry that he had there. 